0: Tune into Packer and Durham weekday mornings from seven to ten Eastern for the best conversations about everything from the ACC. Find it on the ACC Network, Sirius XM Channel three seventy one, and streaming on the ESPN app.
1: Packer and Durham Power Hour is upon us. Your lucky number is six forty four. As we continue to stream live on the ESPN app, number of cool guests coming your way, including Chris Winkie. Got Mike Rooney, talk a little baseball, get a little football, a little baseball. I got some crazy stats for you. number for the show is 844 say acc
2: And at the end of the show, it's a big weekend for one of our ACC Network colleagues. We'll touch on that as well before we say goodbye at 10 o'clock today. Um, looking forward to talking to Chris Wink in a few minutes, too, about his role with Jeff Collins and Chip Long and the offense going in Atlanta. They open, a course, for Clemson on Labor Day night at Mercedes-Benz Stadium as part of the Chick-fil-A uh, Peach Bowl kickoff. So we're looking forward to talking with Winky, former Seminole, former Heisman Trophy winner. All that more coming up. you got some numbers you have cobbled together here as it relates to the College World Series and conferences. Is that right?
1: Yeah, here's uh, you know how I operate. I come up with some crazy stuff from time to time. And I, I kept thinking mm-hmm. about the ACC in baseball. Traditionally. Mm-hmm. Deep quality teams. Uh, getting to Omaha has not been a problem, but winning it all has. Right. And we've obviously documented Wake Forest in 55, Virginia in 2015. 60 years in between, you're like, well, what happened? Well, what happened was a lot of good teams got there and did not close the deal. There have been a lot of teams yeah. that have uh, gone to Omaha since Virginia won it and didn't quite close the deal. So. I start racking my brain, thinking, "What is it? What is the most similar thing in college sports to the ACC and Omaha?" And what pops in my head is the Big Ten in men's basketball. Great basketball league, great tradition, great history, lots of teams, always is seemingly in the hunt. See them ranked all the time. They get to the Final Four, mm-hmm. but they just don't quite get there, and so. I started messing around the parallels between ACC baseball and Big Ten men's basketball this century. Okay. And what's the numbers since 2002, as we speak, are eerie how similar they are. So, here are some numbers, wow. for example, that we're going to throw on you uh, regarding the ACC and men's baseball, obviously, and Big Ten men's basketball. And when you go through them, it's kind of uncanny. Both leagues have won one national championship this century. One. Sparty with Tom Izzo in 2000 and Virginian baseball in 2015. Uh, When you start breaking down appearances in the College World Series, the ACC has had 32 teams make it to Omaha this century, since 2000. The Big Ten in the Final Four, 16. Now, keep in mind, eight teams go to Omaha, four in the Final Four, hence double the size of potentially the field. And the ACC with 32 in Omaha, the Big Ten with 16 in the Final Four. Spot on. Both have one national title. Both very similar in terms of getting to the big stage for the ultimate deal. We talked earlier today about runner-up situations. The ACC has had three runner-up Deals this century in baseball. The Big Ten has had seven runner ups in the national championship game in men's hoops. Seven. And winning percentage, I mean, listen, the ACC has had eight different teams make it to Omaha. The Big Ten's had six different teams make it to a Final Four. So the parallels between the two leagues in terms of respective sports are uncanny. As far as ACC baseball and Big Ten basketball, again, the objects to win it all, right? Cut down the nets or have the dog pile yeah. in the middle of the field. And both of them have come up a bit short despite great depth, great tradition, great history in those respective sports. So just two things to kick around ACC baseball, Big Ten basketball. Just kind of going two different parallels there. How about that? Huh. The, the ACC's and? winning the ACC's winning percentage in Omaha is 44 percent this century. The Big Ten's winning percentage in mm-hmm. the Final Four in men's basketball 41 percent. I mean, it's uncanny how similar the two are. And again, terrific teams, great names, great mm-hmm. brands, big time players, big time coaches, all that great stuff. But the object is to close the deal. That's what you got to do. Mark, I guess, you know,
2: we can do this because we've obviously seen it for years play out. There's that home regional aspect about super in the first round, right? In the baseball event that you typically don't have in the basketball. event, Right Right now, every once in a while, you get a regional. You get a regional that's in your geographic footprint, like a. You know, Carolina might play in Raleigh. Duke might play in Greensboro, Charlotte, whatever the case may be. You know what I'm talking about. Right. So what's the equation then? Is it the Supers in the Sweet 16, the 16 to 8 to, you know, getting to the 4? That then when you get to the 4, like I've always – it's funny. I was telling somebody this prior to New Orleans this year. When you had Kansas, Villanova, Carolina, Duke, you had the 4 Blue Bloods, like showing up, right? The 2,000 Blue Bloods showing up at the basketball Final Four. There's always a team, though, seemingly at the Final Four that you forget about. You Ultimately, the Final Four gets staged, and you kind of forget they were there. Well, this year, it might, in my opinion, it was Villanova, and ironically, their coach retired, what, a month later, less than a month later, it seemed like, with Jay Wright. In baseball, you get down to those last two, and you might forget how close some of the other six were in Omaha to getting to the last two. And I remember – Before we started ACC Network, I got in a conversation one time with Mike Fox about that, about playing Oregon State in those back-to-back championship years, about then going through those previous two trips where you, you know, you had to work your way through your bracket, your side of the bracket to get to the, you know, the team that was coming in on the other side. And I've always found it fascinating. And now you've put it in percentages for the ACC and the Big Ten in basketball. So is the harder journey getting there? Or is the journey harder once you're there?
1: Oh, I think the journey's harder once you're there. Because those two leagues and those two respective sports have proven getting to Omaha or getting to the Final Four happen. In fact, they happen and they happen a Mm -hmm. lot. Uh, And and I'm not trying to undersell how difficult it is just to do that. It's hard to get there. But the ACC has been really, really good in getting to Omaha. What the league has not been great at is closing the deal in omaha same thing with the big 10 in the final four Mm -hmm. i mean they've had great teams right great teams and one national championship since 2000 the acc has had great baseball teams and other than virginia in 15 Hey, you got to go back to Wake Forest in 1955. I mean, I could just talk about Florida State baseball. Tradition in history. Mike Martin, and mm-hmm. the incredible consistency. Every year, Florida State team will knock the door down. I mean, North Carolina, Clemson, those three teams I mentioned earlier, how many times have they been to Omaha? It's been double digits, and nobody has any hardware. And you yeah. know they've got great teams and players and tradition and history and facilities and all that great stuff. It's hard to win it. And again, the pressure to close the deal, we've been harping on that a lot this week. It's so true. So I suspect the ACC will have success this weekend getting to Omaha. The bigger question is going to become hey, what can you do once you get there? And, you know, I, I go back to Miami 99s, the last number one overall seed to win it all in baseball. Baseball's hard. Um, And it's been proven in basketball for the Big Ten with six different teams making it to the Final Four. Sparty in 2000. I mean, the next time we have a Final Four, it's 2023. Let that marinate a second. And that is a really great basketball league. ACC is a great Mm. baseball league. It's hard to win this thing. So, you know, you pointed out earlier today, I think of the 16 teams that are still left in the Super Regional, only four have won four. a college World Series title. And you're talking about great brands mm-hmm. and names. And so, again, to me as a fan, and I love baseball, but as a fan, I think when you sit on the couch and squeeze plays awesome, uh, you realize how difficult it is. That's why you got to enjoy each and every day, man. You just, you never know how this thing's going to play out. I tell you what, it's when you think about it
2: Oregon State, Texas, Stanford. Um, and I'm trying to remember the fourth here. Oklahoma. Those are the four, Pac. That's it. Those are the four schools that have won College World Series that are left.
1: Think about that. I mean, just think like Arkansas, now, New, Arkansas, North Carolina tomorrow. They've been to 10 Super Regionals. I, I mean, you know, and, and yeah. hey, Arkansas is a caught pop fly a couple years ago from winning the national title. Wow. Guy drops it, wow. they lose the next no two games, and you're like, how did that happen? North Carolina, they had Oregon yep. State dead to rights multiple times to win national title. Didn't quite get the. It's a bit. Everybody's been so close, but getting over the hump's tough, man. You got to eventually knock that door down. Yeah. Hey, by
2: the way, when we come back, we're going to talk to a baseball player. Who's a hell of a football player, too, by the way. No doubt about it. Chris Winky's going to join us. Uh, now on staff at Georgia Tech as the QB coach for Jeff Collins and the Jackets. He had a baseball career. Yeah. It was a good one, too. We're going to talk to Chris Winkie next as we uh, move on through the hour. Mike Rooney coming up, bottom of the hour. But when we come back, oh, look at this. We're going to go back and find Winkie throwing to Danny Kendra, I think. Was that Dan Kendra catching a touchdown? Look at the B-roll of Winkie. Holy smokes. We'll come back. Chris Winky joins us from the ATL next on Packer and Durham.
1: This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham on a Friday. Let's mention Mike Rooney coming up here in about 15 minutes. But Wes, our next guest. There's a little bit of a little, like you said, a little football, a little baseball. He can get a little NFL on you, but now he's taking care of business with Georgia <laughs> Tech. Cow. Throwing that thing all over the yard. Here's Chris Winkie, Heisman Trophy winner from Florida State. Coach, how are we doing?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: You know what? It's been a long well, time. I, you know. I, I remember barbecuing you on WFNZ radio when you're trying to throw it. A- <laughs> Incomplete <laughs> passes, incompletions. I mean, the end is crazy. We go oh, way man. back, man. Way back with Chris Wink.
3: Back in the old days in Charlotte. I enjoyed those times. And uh, Packer, as much as you roasted me, I always enjoyed listening to you. So uh, it was a great experience for me.
1: Uh, but listen, before Wes asks you a real uh, good question, I got to tell you, I'm going to give you props <laughs> on something. And I've bragged about you on this show. You still, to this day, have the greatest play action pass that I have ever Absolutely. seen in the history of football because <laughs> I was sitting in the end zone in Tallahassee when you just you and Bobby Bowden all Mark Rick, the rest of you guys down there decided, hey, we're up fifty. And we got a little play-action pass from our own one-yard line. And I, was, I knew you had the ball. I think I was the only guy at Doke that knew you had the ball because you were looking me right in the eye in the end zone. And I was like, man, somebody get, get a hold of Winky. And you turned around, calm and cool. You're back there chewing gum, reading a book, and didn't turn around and threw a 99-yard touchdown pass. It was as pure a thing as I've ever seen, man. That play still to this day is one of the all-timers.
3: Well I appreciate that and you know the interesting story or the interesting part about that story is that was one of those late night additions on Friday night at the hotel so we didn't even walk through that play and we had just been watching extra film and we saw if we got into 12 personnel and condensed the formation if we motioned down they'd bring the safety down there was nobody back there so coach Bowden was begging to get us to get the ball inside the five yard line so we could call this play so uh, it all worked. So it was, that was a Mark Rick, Bobby Bowden special
1: there. Yeah, no doubt. It was perfectly executed.
2: Chris, I, I, gotta, I wonder, when you arrived with Jeff Collins, and I knew there was some familiarity with you and, and GC, but also Brent Key and some other guys that are a part of this staff, but the work you've done post your playing career in coaching quarterbacks I'm fascinated to talk with you just about the evolution of the position in your coaching career and what you've seen and where the pros and cons are from when you played and, and how much do you kind of have to keep pushing the edge of the envelope a little bit at that position the way the college game is skewed now.
3: Yeah, there's no question. The game continues to change, and I think the training continues to change because of that. I was very fortunate when I got done playing to have the opportunity to launch the IMG Academy football program from the ground up. They tricked me a little and said, "Yeah, come down and run the program." Well, I didn't have a football, any pads, or and I was working out of a single-wide trailer, so <laughs> it was uh, it was a challenge in itself, but something I truly enjoyed, which offered me the opportunity and granted me the 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 ability to be able to work with a number of guys coming out of college as I as I launched a uh, combine program and guys like Russell Wilson, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton, Kirk Cousins, the likes right. of those guys. Um, my position on the quarterback training is that everybody's a little bit different. Uh, different skill sets, different processing in terms of the speed of what they can see and what they can do. Uh, and now you see the game changing where you don't see as much as many guys under center. Um, but I still have a foundational belief in the training of the quarterback and that passing the football is rhythm and timing. And you must have great eye discipline. And so having the opportunity to work with all those guys and now uh, really guys at every level, um, it's been a joy. But again, as the schemes and the game changes, uh, the quarterback play changes a little. So it's a dynamic that people are trying to stay up to speed with. um, And I truly enjoy that challenge.
1: Chris, uh, speaking of challenges, what about the Georgia Tech quarterback room? You you tell me. I mean, we're sitting here in June. and You got to get ready for Clemson for the opener. Uh, And like you said, you've seen all these big time names. You were a big time player. But what about your Georgia Tech quarterback room?
3: Yeah, really excited about it. There's no question. that. I, I did come in in uh, in December um, and and walked into a room that only had three scholarship quarterbacks, which is unheard of at this level. Uh, we were able to add some guys to that room, but very excited about the the potential of Jeff Sims. When you when you look at him in terms of his athletic ability, his skill set. Um, great kid loves to work loves to study wants to be coached and that's really all i'm asking for so the ability to be able to now continue to work with him teach him continue to help him in his growth at this position very excited about that obviously added um a couple of transfers, one being Zach Gibson from Akron, uh, who has some playing experience right. as well as Tyson Pumachow. I hope I'm not messing up his name, but interesting fact there. Obviously, you were opening up with his former team. So, um, and then a young freshman that we really like in, in Zach Pyron uh, out of Alabama. So it's an interesting room. It's a little bit. Uh, I always say it's always good to have a competitive room where guys are all a little bit different. They bring something different to the table. Uh, and what I've tried to create is that competitive environment where these guys are pushing, pushing each other um, to be the best we can be.
2: Chris, it also seems like there's a little bit of a chemistry project on offense here. I mean, you and Brent Key, who's one of the best line coaches in the country, we know about Chip Long's background, the ability you guys have got with some of the skilled guys on the perimeter here. But there's got to be some checks and balances here. How much of this is the layering from the spring and now this film work and whiteboard stuff that has to occur this time of year to get ready for what you're going to try and put in in August to make a go of it.
3: Well there's no doubt Uh, you you see a number of new additions on this staff and anytime you do that you all have to get on the same page and and I think we have spent endless hours uh, defining who we are as an offense how we want to attack the defense Um, obviously Chip in terms of leading our program has has brought us all together and what his vision is Uh, we have the addition of an off-field analyst and Jim Chaney who's got a number of years of experience Mm -hmm. that brings great value to our offensive staff but we have a great cohesive unit and uh, everybody has say. Chip allows us to to be able to voice our opinion and and, in terms of the different offenses that we've been in Uh, but we've spent endless hours and now because of an early spring ball we're able to go back and quality control it look at it see what we want to change see what we want to add. It's been a lot of fun and because of the staff I think that's the most important thing and everybody's working uh, and hopefully get this thing rocking and rolling and all on the same page.
1: Chris I always find it interesting the ebbs and flows of a sport how it changes in terms of philosophy and and, you know back like when you played at Florida State I know it was a different era and everything else but the game has changed so much from an offensive perspective what do you think the next trend will be in college football from an offensive perspective?
3: Well, that's an interesting question. I think there, there's going to be a point in time. I can promise you, if we went out there and we got in 22 personnel and we got in the I formation, those defensive coordinators would be scratching their heads. So I right. think it's very cyclical. Um, as you see, um, you know, there's guys that would, you know, we've gone from being under center to now in the shotgun, now the RPO game, uh, now mm-hmm. the quick perimeter throws. Um, I think if you can mesh those two things, you can keep the defense off balance. It will be interesting to see in the next three to five years, what is the new addition to the offenses? I don't know how much more you can do except go back to maybe some of the old school stuff that I think puts some pressure on the defense.
2: Hey, Chris, you walk around on Grandfield a little bit first time you went out there and show Key all those places where you threw the ball to wire them up when you win games there? Did you just kind of take Key there. around and say, hey, this is where I threw third and 18 to Peter Warwick down the far side for 60-some yards, this is where I dumped it to Kendra on the play fake for the touchdown. You know, just those kind of
3: things. You just walked Key around the building, did you, to show him all those spots where you beat their rear ends? Well, we talk about those times, and he doesn't necessarily want to get in that conversation. But when I first got here, I took him by the hand, and we slowly walked out of this tunnel. Um, and I and – I, I very softly reminded him of some of the things Dude. that we did while I was here. Oh. But I also share that this was one of the oh. tougher places to play, and we always had some good battles. But um, he doesn't necessarily want to close the door and have that conversation. But I've enjoyed working
1: with Brent. Dude. Dude. there you are. I got to tell you. There, <laughs> you. there you are with another man, play face. X- man, at, I tell you, Chris Winkie, you, you know, I hope that you're <laughs> teaching them how to hide the football. Oh. I'm telling you, you're as good as I've ever Come seen. Come man. You know, I do it. Even these highlights, I don't well, know where the ball is half the time. Look at this.
3: Oh. That was that play right See? there is called pass Fort pass forty four, Joey. That was a big play for Dan Kendra. That was a Mark Rick special. Um, but I'm a firm believer in a <laughs> being a magician uh, with the ball. So um, we spend a lot of time on the fundamentals of ball handling, footwork, all those things, and uh, hopefully. Uh, we might get a little late. Well, we start – we open the season on Monday night, so we might get a late Sunday night edition uh, to bring back some of those Clemson memories from back in the day.
1: I tell you what, if, hey, you, go, me, if, if you go full back, I tell you what we're going to say. You know what, it all started on this show on June 10th when Georgia Tech comes yeah. out with two fullbacks that just pounds the rock between the tackles all night.
3: Hey, you never know. We got all summer to, to prepare and get ready to go. So, um, new staff, new scheme. Um We'll keep them on their toes.
2: Let me tell you this, Chris. I I told David Green, you know, who Rick coached at Georgia, and you gave credit where credit's due. Mark Rick was the king of teaching the play fake. There's no question about that. But I told David Green, you are just – Chris Winky light here, Greeny. You're not doing anything that Winky didn't put on a top shelf of the grocery store, son. That's all I'm talking. Tell- and he used to do it all the time and sit back there like he had the ball shoved in his jersey pocket and all this other stuff. And I'm like, man, that doesn't even touch
3: Winky on the plate. Right? No. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I, en- I enjoy working with Mark Rick, good friend of mine. And and obviously still staying in touch with him. But uh, he helped in, in terms of develop me and- developing me and, uh, and really enjoyed uh, playing for him.
1: By the way, what did you do with the Heisman? Right, well, where, okay. what, your Heisman Trophy today is where?
3: Uh, in my house in St. Louis. Got a home in St. Louis, and uh, so it's uh, got a special little spot there. Um, and so, you know, I am getting a lot of requests to bring it down here to the ATL. So there might be a little surprise visit by the... Uh, by the Heisman Trophy down here. I do have a quarterback camp next Thursday, so we're trying to get some kids here from all over the country, and uh, there might be a little surprise here. You never know.
1: I like it. Well, listen, continued (laughs) continued success. We'll see you this fall for sure.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. Really enjoyed it. You bet. Chris Winkie, Georgia
2: Tech's quarterbacks coach. Terrific player. Unbelievable teacher of the game now. I mean, he just rolled off the list of guys from IMG. And that list has continued to grow and grow and grow and heck I bet that quarterback camp would be sensational. Oh. I'd like to just go down there and
1: stand around and listen. No, uh, as far as that, with, as far as that play fake goes though, Wes, seriously, that guy, he can make oof. the ball disappear. He was awesome at being able to pull that off. And that fake he nope. pulled on Clemson that night in Tallahassee is still the best I've ever seen. Ever seen.
2: Right about that. Right about that. When we come back, another guy we just want to listen to, Mike Rooney. Give us an analysis on these super regionals. He'll be involved in the squeeze play. I'm telling you, it's the best thing going in college baseball when we get to the postseason. Runes is next on the Packer and Durham Friday Parade on ACCN. Packer and
1: Durham. Packer and Durham on a Friday. Appreciate Chris Wenke joining us. Hopefully, we can have him back. He was outstanding. But it's all about super regional baseball, West Durham. It gets cranked up today. Four ACC teams alive and kicking, hoping to punch tickets to Omaha. Let me tell you something. Uh, Coverage
2: starts at noon today with East Carolina welcoming Texas to Greenville. And uh, I don't know what time the squeeze play starts. Mike Rooney can update us on that. But I want to tell you something. Pack, last weekend, I was locked in. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. I was squeeze play itis. Mike Rooney, you guys were terrific. It was awesome to watch and a terrific weekend. I know you got to be excited about the the way these last eight sites are setting up.
0: Yeah. Good morning, you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It was uh, it was super fun. Again, it's second year of squeeze play. Uh, we had you know Chris Burke jumped in this year. He was it was a huge addition. It was so fun having Burkey. Matt Schick and Chris Budden are, you know, just rock stars in that host role. So it was it was a blast. It's a blur. Um, The games were so compelling. The action was amazing. It was I mean, gosh, we had uh, nine game sevens in the regionals, which is incredible. I think that's a record or 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 near a record. Um, Yeah, it was it was an awesome weekend. And here we go. Round two and let's get some teams to Omaha.
1: All right, with that said, let's start with your alma mater. Uh, They've got the hardest deal here. I mean, hey, good luck. Anybody jumps on Tennessee, uh, better bring your A game. The Vols have been phenomenal all season long. But we also know that number one overall seed hasn't won the whole deal since Miami back in 99. So what about Notre Dame and Tennessee, Mike? How can Notre Dame pull off the surprise this weekend in Knoxville?
0: Yeah, I would say um – you know, it, this series reminds me of the 2016 Santa Barbara-Louisville Super Regional. If you guys remember that Louisville mm-hmm. team, they had seven kids picked in the first 115 draft picks. Uh, you know, Will Smith's the catcher of that team, McKay's on that team, and I couldn't get a Big West coach to tell me that Santa Barbara had a chance in that thing. They all said 0%. And, you know, but we didn't know who Shane Bieber was yet, and... um you know, so so there's that. But, you know, also if Santa Barbara and Louisville played nine more times, maybe Louisville wins nine of those. Um, you know, I, I think the thing for Tennessee is they have so much margin for everyone. they're just better. If you lined up the 27 kids at, at their respective spots in the Super Regional, you'd take the Tennessee player, at, like, to a man. Um, but Notre Dame is old. They're really, really skilled. They play a unique style. I would argue they're one of the best teams, you know, best coached teams in the country. They're just—they're very uncomfortable to play with. I think they check a lot of the boxes of things that have made Tennessee uncomfortable this year. But all that said, guys, I mean, the atmosphere is going to be nuts. Tennessee is so talented. Um, it's a—it's a real long shot for Notre Dame. But I, I, I don't think it's a zero shot. I just think it's a long shot. They're going to have to play great. But, they, you know, as Link Jarrett said, they got to win twice. They don't have to win 50 games this weekend, right? they got to beat them twice.
2: Mike, I want to double down on something Link talked with us about yesterday, and that's the decision to start Austin Temple and give John Michael Bertrand the full cycle on the rest here. Um, I think a lot of people are surprised to hear it. But from a coaching perspective, take me through that decision process and, and why it may be a positive with Bertrand in two as opposed to one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at Tennessee's rotation, it's just basically like stud, 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 right? So it, it kind of doesn't matter in that regard. Like sometimes you might slide your ace to a more vulnerable matchup for your you know, with your opponent. I don't see that on the Tennessee side. I think if you're linked Jarrett, it's almost mandatory that you win the John Michael Bertrand start. So if you think that giving him the extra day accomplishes that, then I think it's a no-brainer. I also think Austin Temple on day one is interesting because, you know, Tennessee wants to, you know, they're, they're kind of like big on big, right? Like they want, hey, you, you show me your big fastball and I'm going to show you how far I can hit it if I can get to it. Like that's the type of party they like. They're capable of winning any type of party, by the way, but that's what they prefer. And that's not Austin Temple. I and mean, Austin Temple's got this really cool little curveball, and he's going to throw that 60 to 70% of the time. So I wonder if part of it is Link wants to kind of tinker with Tennessee's mojo right out of the shoot with Temple. Hmm. But I, I think the biggest thing is John Michael Bertrand is a must-win, and if giving him the extra day is helpful, then you do it.
1: All right, I'm going to switch gears. Um, we just talked to Kyle Peterson. He believes that from an, if you love offensive baseball, that Louisville and AM is probably your best bet. Uh, offensive part, both teams can rake. It's going to be 102 degrees. Let it rip. And they're both playing well. Ironically, Louisville 2-0 all-time against the SEC and Super Regionals. a and 2-0 all-time against the ACC and Super Regionals. So something's got to give. What do you like about Louisville and A&M?
0: Yeah, I mean the, the the two position player groups are really really talented. I love that Christian Napchik, um, you know, who, had, who had, had an ankle sprain. He looked really like himself for the first time in that Louisville regional. So that's a good sign for the Cards. I think the differences of these they, both two, both teams can score and score. Um, I think A and scoring is more um, their physicality and their their, their swing in the bat, whereas I think Louisville's offense is more. Um, diverse you know it's there's power there's speed there's the bunny game there's the running game i think louisville's defense is significantly better I, but i also think that a pitching i like significantly better um you know neither team is great at run prevention but both teams are excellent at scoring so this is a fun one you know both coaches dan mcdonald and jim schloss have both been to omaha five times as a head coach um I believe that's tied for third in college baseball among active coaches. So, yeah, this one this one feels like it's going down to the final pitch in, game, in the ninth inning of game 3. All
2: right, Mike, I'm going to pivot to Blacksburg because we've talked about John Sheff. we've talked about just the work he's done there and this is the second time. I mean, uh, Kyle mentioned, you know, what he'd done at Maryland earlier. Just feels like the Hokies now are writing a story. That uh, as Pac said at the top of the show today, it'll be a match made in heaven if you get the Hokey fan base to Omaha for that spectacle.
0: Oh, it'd be so fun. You know, I I got to talk to John this week and, um, you know, I just, it's interesting, like you said, the second time, Wes, I think that's super astute because he's just, we, we talked about, if you guys watched game one of the regional, Wright State gave Virginia Tech a real headache I mean it was an uncomfortable game for a long time they got Drew Hackenberg out of there really quickly and and when Drew Hackenberg struggles I get nervous for Virginia Tech because he's their best guy by far Uh, but the thing is Virginia Tech doesn't seem to get nervous about anything and I think it's John Sheff I mean just so clear thinking and um, he kind of talked us through that game and you know he just said hey I felt like our offense was going to keep scoring so we were going to empty the bullpen early just to calm the, day, the game down and give our offense a chance to land a knockout blow. And as he said it, you're just like, dang, how do you think that clearly in the middle of a regional game? But, uh, but awesome. You know, it, it, this is a tough assignment for Virginia Tech, guys. Oklahoma's really good. Their shortstop, Peyton Graham, uh, is one of the best players in the country. Their left-hander, Jake Bennett, I'm not sure which game he's going to throw. Probably the, the, the second game. He's really talented, a very accomplished pitcher um, with stuff. Um, but, I, you know, the, the Virginia Tech offense is so dynamic, and they can get you to the canvas so quickly, and they, they, they also defend the field at a very high level. I think this is a really evenly matched Super Regional. I, 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 mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really fun one to watch. Uh, but, you, you know, Virginia Tech and Oklahoma, they are going either team's going to have to play well to win this.
1: Mike, last year, Arkansas was the team until Elliott Avent and NC State went out there and went, oh, pig suey, catch you later. We love barbecue, too, and you beat them. Arkansas now (laughs) sees another dose of North Carolina barbecue, but they're going to go jump on red-hot North Carolina, who's only been 18-3 and coming down the stretch with an ACC title in their back pocket. These are two great brands, traditions, histories. They've both been in the Super Regional 10 times apiece. Uh, This is a high-profile series getting cranked up tomorrow in Chapel Hill.
0: Yeah, it sure is. I mean, you know, Arkansas is that team that they were clearly the best team in the country last year for the regular season uh, until that version of NC State happened at the end. You know, like the Arkansas, ironically, these two teams played in the Super (laughs) Regional because I can make an argument that Arkansas was the best team in the country for the first four months. And then NC State was the best team in the country for the last six weeks. Um, And so, Mm. you know, for for North Carolina, you guys are right, they're so hot. They're they're starting pitching. You know, Brendan Schaefer and Max Carlson have have kind of found themselves again. The bullpen has come together. I mean, Vance Honeycutt has, you know, become this superstar and, you know, arguably the best athlete in college baseball. And, you know, some of the older players – North Carolina, Mikey Madey, Danny Siretti, Angel Zarate, You know those kids have carried a lot of water for that lineup to let some of these younger, newer players that have you know enormous upside like a Vance Honeycutt, like a Mac Horvath. It's given them some oxygen just to kind of get their feet underneath of them, and and you know those kids are stars. So North Carolina is super interesting right now. I, I think North Carolina's pitching is. You know it, it makes me a little bit nervous at times um but you know arkansas is kind of an unknown you know like arkansas was a top five team in the preseason their ace peyton paulette never pitched you know tommy john before the surgery or before the season so yeah th- this one also is very intriguing because of the brand names because of how hot the two teams are but north carolina is really tough at home uh, really, really tough to beat a posthumer, So that, that makes it fascinating as well.
2: All right. What times the squeeze play start, Mike?
0: So today is, is because there's only four games. We're just doing kind of like the wraps and fills and all that, you know, cutting okay. and that type of stuff. So squeeze play tomorrow. If we get a bunch of game threes for the first, you know, for the Friday, Saturday, Sundays, we'll do a squeeze play on Sunday. Um, so tomorrow we'll oh. probably start at 12 noon. And yeah, so... Yeah, you know limber up guys let's do our calisthenics and we'll get get in the chair and let's watch some baseball
2: love it all right great stuff thanks runes
0: all right boys have a good weekend
2: thanks you too look forward to it all the coverage on the family of Networks starting today uh high noon texas east carolina The battle of barbecue, as Packers said yesterday, might be right.
1: Texas Uh, beef, Carolina pork—that's as good a barbecue baseball combination, maybe as you can get. East Carolina against Texas.
2: When we come back, a double check on some walk-up music, and a big weekend ahead for one of our show favorites. Oh man, look at the history. We're getting ready to walk, and look at the differences in the Pac Man. Huh. After this on ACCN, here's
1: Mark Packer and Wes Durham. We've been asking all the coaches, regardless of sport, and we got to know the answer. What is your ultimate walk up song? What's the song to get you jacked up and ready to go? Oh
3: my gosh, that is a great question. I'm a big music junkie.
1: It's kind of Kenny Chesney
0: put me in a good mood, you know. I'm gonna go old school and I'm gonna say mm-hmm. basketball by Curtis Blow.
3: Eminem, uh, Till
2: I Collapse. I'm a big Prince fan, so probably you got the look. That's,
1: that's, okay. it's purple, I like that. right? You remember that? Oh, yes. The you guys remember that? Yes. yes. I'm
0: a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. Oh, it'd have to be a George Strait. The first one that pops up. It's a long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. Last one I listened to on the car, riding over here
1: this morning was uh, "Friends of Distinction Grazing in the Grass." I love <laughs> everything about that answer. <laughs> love everything about that answer. The Super Bowl when when he performed, I was. I mean, it was like a personal concert. I was so jacked up.
0: You know, one of my. My assistant coaches know that. They know when I'm in a bad mood, I, I'll get in her car and, and she's got Jimmy Buffett playing. Right now we got Billy Strings after the mire. I'm a big pink fan. You throw in some pink, I'm, I'm in. Let's go.
2: Everybody's got kind of their their genre they go to, but I, I would probably have to go with something out of the Eric Church playlist. Certainly it'd be an old George Strait song, maybe like a... You know, an Am- Amarillo by morning or something Ooh. like that uh, would be uh, one of my favorites for sure.
1: The next time you're on the program, you're going to get that as your lead-in to the interview. Does that work? Deal. That's a done. Deal.
2: Please give me a different intro song than <laughs> We Are the <laughs> World.
1: Yeah, well, it won't be that. It'll <laughs> be it'll be that in Italian red. Yeah. Next time we see be it. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Had some good answers on that question. All over the place, too. I mean, all... Like two different le- Packers hosting the show. Nah, nah, nah. Nah, nah, nah. We're all good on that. Brother oh, Fuller, Brother Fuller's down here in the West Durham spot all show long, man. He's missing yeah. on you. He is. Yeah. It's, it's almost, well, baby. Yeah, it's almost time. Yeah, never Almost time, Fuller. Don't worry about it. You got about another <clears throat> five minutes. You're good. He's up.
2: Hey, um, before we get out of here, how about... A special on-air congratulations today. We've talked about this, but this weekend is the Hall of Fame induction program for the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in Knoxville, Tennessee, and our friend and colleague, Debbie Antonelli, will be inducted this weekend, and our congratulations to Debbie and Frank and their family on just a job well done and a much-deserved honor coming
1: her way this week in Knoxville Park. 100% right. Another Hall of Fame induction. We're just, I'm surrounded by a Hall of Famers. That's the thing I like. It's kind of like what Nina King was talking about. You know, you surround yourself with really talented people and you just get out of the way. You just get out of the way. Debbie Antonelli to the left. Wes Durham to the right. We got a Hall of Famers all over the joint. All over the place, but well deserved. Needless to say, yeah. she is a class act, great person, great family. Everything about yep. it's awesome. Yep, and excited for her and her family this weekend
2: in Knoxville, Tennessee, at the induction the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. And who knows? Maybe we'll come up with a photo or video clip or something for you on Monday's show. But our congratulations to Debbie. Uh, thanks to David Teal today. Thanks to Kyle Peterson. Great to have Chris Winky on this show. And Mike Rooney as well to get us ready for, uh, in the case of KP and Rooney, get us ready for Super Regional Baseball. Four ACC teams starts this afternoon, 3 o'clock. Oklahoma is in Blacksburg to see Virginia Tech. 6 o'clock tonight, Notre Dame and Tennessee. 8.30, Louisville at Texas A&M in the scorching heat of Texas. And then tomorrow morning, scheduled for 11. But be on the lookout for some rain tomorrow in Chapel Hill. 11 a.m. is the scheduled start time for arkansas and north carolina coverage on the family of Networks starts today at noon and tomorrow at 11 a.m
1: i love this weekend i do either the super regionals are tremendous mm-hmm. you mentioned squeeze play those guys are all over it Chick was in here this week uh, filling in for you while you're doing the links thing and uh it'll be great man yep. I, I just i hope we just get the games in. i hope mother nature gets out of the way let's go play some baseball see where this goes and when we get back on monday god willing uh, I hope Danny mm-hmm. Graves is right. I hope all four ACC teams have punched their ticket to Omaha, which would tie a record. Uh, we'll see how that thing plays out. But keep in mind, 16 teams are still left. Nine of the 16 come from the SEC or the ACC. Those have been the two dominant conferences mm-hmm. this year in college baseball. Because I keep pointing out, the objects to get to Omaha and win it all, it is a tough, tough thing to do.
2: Yep. Yeah. Uh... I like Carolina at home. I like Virginia Tech at home. Louisville and Notre Dame are in uphill fights, I think. I think, game ones are, I think game one for Louisville is really important. And I know Bertrand's not throwing until tomorrow for Notre Dame, but, boy, it feels like game one's pretty important for Notre Dame today too, doesn't it?
1: Well, uh, the four series, you'd have to say uh, who's got the biggest advantage. Tennessee over Notre Dame would be the biggest one on paper. Uh, but as both Kyle mm-hmm. mentioned and Mike Rooney, you know, you still got to go play. And when you've been that yeah. dominant force during the regular season like Tennessee has been, and all the baseball experts will tell you, this is not just the best team this year. This is one of the best teams they've ever seen. The pressure to hold serve is always a factor i mean it it is and omaha is one thing but when you're doing it in front of your home folks and you're kind of a given now we're going to win this you still got to go do it and notre dame as you pointed out uh the tradition and history of notre dame athletics there have been times when the Irish have gone up against the number one of fill-in-the-blank and there's been a smile on their face because they have ruined the party so many times. We'll see if Notre Dame baseball can pull off the unthinkable and knock off the Tennessee Vols this weekend. But all these series will be fun. They'll be great. And no matter what the outcomes, we'll have a ton of things to talk about on Monday morning.
2: Uh, Thanks to Drew Carter and Matt Schick for uh, helping us out this week. Or covering me, basically. basically. Uh, thanks to uh, thanks to Andrew Brooks, he will be our one of our founding producers. He'll be on assignment for a couple of weeks. And don't yeah, there forget, it is, sweetheart, you got thank,
1: it. Thank my friend yep. Jimmy. You finally got your one year anniversary yeah. pin from the Disney Company. Congratulations, Wes.
2: Thank you. Also, uh, Casey O'Brien who's done a marvelous job producing this week. Uh, Next week, we welcome the voice of victory back to the program. Josh Macri returns in a producing role with uh, Angela. Looking forward to that. Bianna, thank you as well. Hope everybody has a great and safe weekend. Don't forget all ACC tonight at midnight with your coverage of the Super Regionals.
0: This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371.